0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome everyone to New Life Horizon Church where we worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. It's a beautiful day in Texas this morning. It's gorgeous. It's not too hot. It's not ridiculously hot. It's about... Um, Maybe 79 degrees, thereabouts. It's it's feeling quite nice. And I'm praying to God that it stays that way. (laughs) Just being hopeful. Welcome, welcome to those who are listening online, to those who are in the auditorium. We welcome you. We appreciate the fact that you take time out to listen to us and to come and worship with us. We thank you for your time and we're looking forward to worship together. Today is a new and exciting day. We thank God that we have the opportunity to worship him. That we have the opportunity to praise him. Had we not woken up this morning, we would not be praising God. We would be on the way today. So we give God thanks for the privilege of worshiping him and the privilege of knowing him. This week I was reminded of God's providence in my life and it was a beautiful revelation again because we recognize that no matter what our circumstances are, God is with us and because we know that he is there, we can rest in him knowing that he is a provider He is our savior. He is our friend. He comforts us in the time of need. He strengthens us. He is our strong tower when we can run into him. And when we have difficulties or problems we cannot solve, we ask for his wisdom and he helps us. So This week, I was reminded of his goodness. And the first song that we will sing this morning was on my heart for the entire week. God, I look to you. Because the reality is that our wisdom is foolishness. What we think we have learned here and in school, what we have read, philosophy, etc. Is nonsense compared to the wisdom of God. And therefore Lord I mean it was just so good to realize that everything in our lives God have complete providence over and because of that we can wave our hands and trust God and believe him and give him thanks for everything, everything the good the need. bad the indifferent the covid thank you God for your goodness Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for, Lord, the fact that goodness and mercy follow us daily. Lord, that we can walk, that I can speak this morning. Lord, that my, 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 everything in my body is functioning in the perfection in which God meant it to function. Thank you, God, this morning. Lord, I am so grateful. And this morning, our reading will be taken from Psalm 121. And it just reminded us where we are to look in the middle of our circumstances. In the middle of COVID. In the middle of whether or not you lost a job. In the middle of whether or not you got a bad report from, 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 from the doctors. Whose report will you believe? Re- believe the report of the lord and it says i will lift my eyes to the hill from whence cometh my help my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold He who, behold, he who keeps Israel shall never slumber or sleep. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. From this time forth, even forevermore. Father God, we can hold on to this psalm knowing that you will preserve us. Where our help comes from is completely from you. In the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of us feeling, feeling traumatized and, and separated from our friends and our family. Lord, we give you thanks. Because this means it's time that we can spend with you. This means that it is time that we can get focused on you. We don't have to go on, on, on media, the different um, social medias father God but we can look to you as our friend and our comforter who is there in the time of trouble who we look and we cry out to your word says Lord God that the righteous run into you Lord we are not righteous because of anything we have done but we are righteous because of your blood and so God we are grateful for your blood we're grateful for the opportunity to come this morning and to praise your name I am grateful for the opportunity to lift up the name of Christ to lift up your name Heavenly Father and recognize that you have providence over all things all things over the earth in Isaiah 43 you said which God is there like me there is no other There is no other God but you. And therefore, God, I can lift my hands and give you thanks this morning for your goodness, for your grace, for all the things that you have done. Every household this morning, I pray for transformation. Every household listening, every household listening, Lord, that you would transform their hearts and their lives father God that they can look to you too that they can be grateful to you too recognizing that you alone are the only true and living God Lord forgive us for the times when we play God forgive us for the times when we walk away when we choose to do our own things forgive us Lord Forgive us when we, we, we run away in the opposite direction, but you pursue us. And God, I am grateful that you pursue each and every one of your children. Thank you, God. We can say thanks this morning because you pursue us, Lord, with an everlasting love oh my god you love us so you're excited to see us you dance and sing over us oh god we are grateful this morning lord change hearts heal hearts lord heal the brokenhearted heal blind eyes lord god set the captive free because you are here and that is one of the things you do. Just one of the things. God, give us all vision. Every person listening, give us vision lest we perish. Lord, give us vision. So we look to you this morning, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to you, Lord, and to you alone. love lord thank you my king thank you my lord for dying for us for loving us that we cannot even imagine the depth lord jesus i pray this morning each person listening each person in the auditorium they would understand the depths and the height and the breadth and the length and the width of your love your amazing love and lord cause us to honor you lord in everything that we do lord that we will choose to do what is right not what is comfortable lord that we will choose to honor you even when it is painful god Lord, that we will choose to lay down our lives for you, God. Like you laid down your life for us. You humbled yourself to the point of humility. Cause us, Lord, to understand. Give us a revelation knowledge of humbling ourselves to the point of death. God, make us look like you. And it is only in obedience we can look like you, Lord. It is only through walking with you daily, willing to be obedient, willing to honor you in all the different circumstances that faith us. Lord, in all the different situations, we honor you, God. We choose to honor you. It is a privilege, God, to serve you. Lord, Lord, touch our hearts, God, afresh. Give us hearts of flesh. You promised to give us hearts of flesh. And in Ezekiel 36, we're asking, even now, God, remove the thorns and thistles. Remove all the folly grown that is not supposed to be there. Remove everything Lord and give us a heart of flesh that is close and obedient to you God. We choose to bow down Lord. And relinquish everything to you daily. In Jesus' name we pray. We continue in our Worship through our tide and our offering. Lord, we come and we we say um thank you for what you have given us. Thank you for the the blessing of being able to give. Thank you, Lord, for giving seed to the sowers, because you only give seeds to those who want to sow. So, Lord, thank you, God. For those who wish to give, you may give to us at min at gmail.com or you may send via Zelle account at four six nine three 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 zero three nine seven. So as you Get your offerings ready and you get ready to give. We want to pray over the offering. We want to wave our offering before God. We want to say to him, Father God, thank you for giving us this gift. Thank you for giving us the seed to sow. Lord Jesus, thank you that your word says, Father God, you will remove the palmer worm and the Conquer worm from our, our, our seeds. That our seeds may be able to grow. That our seeds may be able to germinate in the ground and push up because there's sunlight, because there's watering. Lord God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for what you gave us to give. And as we give back a portion unto you, Lord, we are thankful for the ability to give. And we're thankful for those who don't have the ability to give that one day they will be able to sow themselves. Lord, we pray a blessing over every household that has given, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will multiply what they have. Lord, that you would germinate, that you would water it, Lord. Lord, that a harvest will come that there will be nothing eating away at their harvest father god because they have sown and i pray almighty oh god that as they sow into this soil this soil will use for the furtherance use the monies for the furtherance of the kingdom of god cause us father god to glorify you and to honor you as we give to you and this ministry will honor you as they give back Lord Jesus, as they preach the word to the four corners of this earth, as they go to nations to bring the word of God, to bring transformation, Lord God, to empower, Lord, to worship the King of Kings, to reveal purposes and destiny. We give you thanks, Lord.
1: I mm-hmm. spoke.
2: Welcome those who are in our auditorium at Andy this morning, and we also welcome those who are listening online. Every time I get to this point, my favorite word comes: privilege. Some take it for granted, but I take it as a privilege to stand to be used. That God would choose or chose mere me. I come offering nothing, I, I bring nothing. To, to, to give God God worth. I come as an ordinary vessel depending on him to pour in me. And so when I get an opportunity to stand and to speak on his behalf or for him to speak through me, I see it as a privilege. This morning, God has been so good. The song says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, He chases you down, chases me down, and he will leave everything behind just to come and get us, to find us, to search us out. Many times we are of the impression that it's because we sought the Lord while we are saved. And the truth is, he sought us and that is why we can stand here this morning so father I acknowledge lord my need for you I openly and publicly acknowledge that I am nothing without you I am not from noble birth I am not the most intellectual I am not rich, I come offering you nothing but a broken vessel for you to fill and to fix and to use. And so Father, I know you are here with me, God. I can sense your presence with me. I know you are here in this auditorium. I know you are here. I know you are where your people are even now as they listen and will listen over the months and years to come. And so, Father, I welcome your presence. God, speak through me, Father. Bring clarity, God, to what I have to say this morning. Lord, you know the hearers. You know what they individually need to hear. So, Father, coin my words in a way that it will cause others, cause the listeners to hear and be attentive Coin my words, words, Father, that would cause your people to know that they are loved by you. Coin my words, Father, so your people will know that you have called them to love as you have loved them. Coin my words, Father, that love will be exuded from what I have to say. Coin my words, Father, that my words will be transforming words. Coin my words, Father, that my words, God, will represent your words. Coin my words, Father, that even my heart will be changed from your words. Father, I surrender everything to you this morning. I withhold nothing. I run and I desire, I need that overwhelming love and reckless love of God. And I thank you, Father, God, that you never give up. You never give up on any one of us, Lord, but you chase us down. You leave everything that seems okay, and you come to find us. You come to seek us. And Father, I just give you thanks. And I bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, the overwhelming never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, finds the life, leave the 99. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. But still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love what a 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 love if you stop to think about it what a love what a love oh my God what a love God that even before I spoke a word you were singing over me even when I wasn't thinking about you you came seeking me What a love that even in my sin and in my mess, you sought me out. What a love that you chose to form me and to knit me and to place me in my mother's womb. What a love. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for your love. I praise you this morning for your love. I give you all honor this morning for your love. Thank you, Father. Amen. The topic this morning of my message is what really matters. What really matters. And the truth is many times to us there are other things that matters. And there are so many things that matters to us over and over and over. Some persons, what matters right now is their children. For some, it's their health. For some, it's their job. For some, it's their, it's their relationships. For some, it's their finances. But for every one of us, something really matters. But Paul in Philippians 1, 9-11 expresses to us this morning what really matters. Think about a decision you have made based on your current circumstances or limited knowledge and insight. Think about it. You have made a decision and you have made it based on the information that you have or the knowledge that you have already garnered or the insight that you have. In hindsight, would you have made the same decision? Or would you have waited to gather more information? Do you think the end result would have been different? Or do you think the end result would have been the same? Think about it. Think about that decision. A decision that you made before. You made it based off what was happening in your life at the time. and You made it based off what you knew. Do you think, in hindsight, which is 2020, do you think that if you would have made the same decision, or would you have waited? Last year, I made the decision to have surgery to remove my gallbladder. I was in so much pain that as the doctors encouraged me, I took their suggestions and I went ahead and did the surgery, fearing, as they say to me, that constant blocking of my pancreatic duct would result in possible cancer or my having damaged my pancreas and having to cannot operate without it really. I would have to be wearing a bag on the outside. One year later, having read articles now that I'm so aware of the gallbladder, something that I overlooked, having read articles now on gallbladder and having met persons who had similar situations and had it removed or chose not to have it removed, I recognized that there was an alternative. I could have opted to do an alternative surgery that would remove the bar stones rather than the gallbladder. In hindsight, I made a decision based off my circumstances. I was in pain. In hindsight, I made a decision based off the limited knowledge that I had. I never thought about the future use of my gallbladder and how I would be affected by not having it. But if I had stopped to think that God in his wisdom would never give me a part that I would not need. That I may live without but not enjoy quality life without. Because the truth is without God, bladder, you know, cannot enjoy foods with fats. I had limited knowledge, insight and I regret having made that change. Having Chosen to do surgery, having chosen or opted to do that surgery, to surgically remove my gallbladder. Hindsight is 2020. And I know this morning, like you, or like me, rather you may have had made a decision that when you look back you said if i had only waited if i had only collected more information if i had if i had and we can put all those i had then we can finish those sentence my sentence sentence with different phrases or truths that you know but many times we do not get an opportunity to correct the wrong because hindsight is 2020. In Philippians 1 verses 9-11 to Paul writes the Philippian church and he says and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless unto the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God the Father. In all of Paul's letters, he includes a prayer, and that is something that you, you, if you look at all the letters that Paul wrote, there's a prayer that he sends. And he's never sending them praying for their needs, notice. He never prays about the lack that they have. He never prays about the relational issues that they may have. Paul prays regularly for them and he tells them what he prays for them. He says, I pray for you, Philippians, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in insight. Paul prayed even while he was imprisoned. He prayed for the most important expression of their Christian faith that they will grow in love. And really that is what truly matters. As you and I go through Paul's letter in Philippians let us look at the attributes of mature love that Paul mentions and let us compare them with our expression of love and to see how we compare with what Paul is calling the Philippian Christians then to do and what God is calling you and I now to do. The first attribute that Paul says to them, he says abound in love more and more. The word abound is to exceed a fixed large number or amounts it is to super because he said abound in love more and more which means to super abound in quantity and quality it is evident that the philippians were loving people in philippians 4 10 to 20 we see paul commending them for their support in the early days when no other church shared in supporting him while he was in prison Paul acknowledges that the Philippians were already loving but he prayed that they would love more and more and that this love would exceed and become more and not less not loving sparingly but growing more and more in their love So, in essence, Paul is saying to them, You have been already loving. You are loving because I see it. I see it in what you do to me. I see it in how you are caring for me and attentive to me. I see that you're loving, but I'm calling you to exceed in the way that you love. So, how do you exceed something that you think you're already doing? In abundance. And the truth is, you may wonder as I say, grow in love, exceed in love, how do I love more? How do I grow in something that I've already in my mind, I have done my best? I grow plants on my patio in pots. And every morning I will go out with a water can or a bottle and I will fill it up and I will, I will I'll pour water in each pot with an aim to saturate the plant so that it will have enough water for the day because it's very hot in Texas. I realize that as I, as I, as I pour in them, I realize that they're just sucking up, sucking up the water. And that is like love, right? They're sucking up the water. But I realize that there's another way I can give those plants an abundance of love. I can take a hose out. And I can rest that hose into each pot for a time and allow it to be so saturated that it starts to overflow from the top and start to leak from the bottom. Like the hose, God's love gushes into our lives and gives us an unlimited capacity of love because you and I were designed and created to receive an unlimited supply of love but we were also designed to give an unlimited supply of love. Romans 5.5 tells us that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us, and it is from this love that we overflow to others. You and I, as I said before, have an unlimited capacity to receive and give love. But does your love overflow until its recipients re- experiences the superabundance of God's love through you? Does your love overflow until the recipients of your love experiences the superabundance of God's love through you? Because if God is lavishing his love on us, He's saying to you, as much as I have given you, go and give. So you and I this morning, if we're honest, we will stand and we will say, we can love people more, and we can love more people. We can love people more, and we can love more people. The oaths of our love can keep on running and overflowing as we become more intentional in sharing the gospel with those we work. The oath of your love and my love can keep on running and overflowing as we become more intentional in caring for those with needs around us. The oath of your love and my love can become more intentional as we ask God to show us how to partner with him and meet the needs of others and some persons who are listening now may be saying I do this I pack a, pack a box and I give it out every year or I am sending this here and God is saying as much as you are doing, doing I still know you can do more Paul encouraged the Philippian Christians to super abound in love for others in First Thessalonians 3.12, we see Paul writing the Thessalonian church. And he says that the Lord would make them increase and overflow in love for each other and for everyone else just as he does for them. The one thing and the one and only thing that differentiates the world from Christians is the only thing that matters. Love. D.L. Moody says a man can be a good doctor without loving his patients. He can be a good lawyer without loving his clients. He can be a good geologist without loving rocks. A good mechanic without loving cars. But he cannot be a Christian without love. You and I cannot be a Christian or claim to be Christians without love. Christian love is different from the world's love. The world's love is conditional and it is sentimental emotions. For the world to love, the situation must be ideal. Everything must be right. You must be good. I must be good. There must be no problem for love to exist in the world's standards of love. But Christian love is not based on sentimental emotions. It is unconditional and informed love based on a greater knowledge of God's love through Jesus Christ for humanity. Christian love is the love of, the love Christians have for Christ and the love Christians have for each other. Paul was motivated by Christian love. And he demonstrated this selfless, self-sacrificing and mature love. Look at Paul in prison. Can you understand how could a man be imprisoned? Yet all he's thinking about is is, is the needs of the church and praying that they will grow in love. If you were in prison, what would your thoughts be? Would you be sending words to encourage them and to express to people who are listening how you love them? Actually, Paul's joy that he experienced far outweighs the hardship of his imprisonment as he remembers the Philippian churches. Paul demonstrates to us what really matters. Abounding love. How often... Does your circumstances or your situation affect how and when and whom you love? Do you only love when you have a good day? Do you only love those who are lovable? Do you only love when everything is going your way? Or do you give different degrees of love to different persons based off your own merit system? Paul prayer is not only for the Philippian Christians, but Paul prays for believers, for Christians to to experience and to increase in Christian love and have copious amounts of displaying itself in greater depth through the greater knowledge of Christ and having practical and deeper insight. So Paul says, what truly matters is love. What truly matters is knowing that you are loved, and from that love, love others. But Paul says, but even in loving, there are parameters in loving. There, 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 there is a way that you love based off where you get your information of love. And so Paul added the parameters for this love. It's like, it's like I heard a gentleman said, "It is like two banks, the, the banks of the river. On one side is knowledge. Love needs knowledge and overflows from knowledge. But this knowledge is not intellectual knowledge, it's not emotional knowledge or head knowledge." It is knowledge of God brought on by experience with Jesus Christ through the word. No one can say I have attained perfect love for God and others. Or that they have perfect knowledge of God. None of us can say we have perfect knowledge of God and that we have perfect love for God and others. But Paul is saying to us, love that is detached from knowledge and insight is uninformed. And this leads to uneducated decisions. Love detached from knowledge and insight is uninformed and will lead to uneducated decisions. Therefore, in essence, what Paul is saying True knowledge of God is essential for Christians to grow in love. And as we grow in the knowledge of God, we learn his nature. We learn his character as revealed in Jesus. We get our experience, a greater knowledge of his love for us. We understand our identity that we are children of God. We understand our purpose and we experience the self-sacrificial love that he's calling us to have for others. And he confirms his love to us through the truth of his word as we strive to live in humility and unity with each other. What we also notice that Paul says, love more and more. So there are depths and degrees Love is a continuous process. So you never plot to one said, I have reached it. You, I will never reach a place, or you will never reach a place to say, I have maxed out. I have all the love that I need. You and I will never reach that place where we can say, I don't need to love anymore I have loved I have given all the love that I need but growing in Christian love is a continuous process through our experience of God and Paul encourages us to strive strive strive, and learn to love more and more but Strive with knowledge of God's love. Many years ago I had a crack in my foundation. And when it rained, water would seep through the cracks and flood my kitchen and my utility area. But even when it didn't rain, I would have ants crawling through the cracks coming up. And the bigger the crack, or the bigger the area that had the crack, the greater the damage and the possibility exists that if if you live in a house that has a cracked foundation it can result in damage to your roof and you may wonder how can my foundation damage my roof but as the crack widens the building expands and the roof was not designed for that width or that length the crack also damaged your basement I remember living in New York and the basement was so damaged, cracks And when it rained, water came in, in, and it was just flooding, and we had to have this this, this suction pump, pumping water out. It also damaged the carpet and the furniture and the doors and the windows because as the cracks expand, so does the opening of the window and the door. Movement. A person who has never experienced God's love is like a house without a crack in its foundation. The enemy comes through those cracks, just like the water and the ant, and he lies. And that person is more susceptible to becoming more easily offended, more revengeful, more unforgiving, more jealous, more unloving, and proud because they do not have the knowledge of God's love. And the truth is, the more of God's love we experience, is the more we strive to conform to the truth of God's love and God's word. So if you find yourself unloving, check where it's happening. There's a crack in your foundation. Maybe it's rainy season and it is pouring. It is seeping in, seeping in water, seeping in. The lies are just coming in. And maybe it is, it's a dry season, but the insects are coming in. And they are eating away and damaging everything that would cause you to know how much God loves you. In Philippians 2.2, Paul encourages us to imitate Christ. He said, think the same way Jesus thinks. Love the same way Jesus loves. Have the same mindset as Christ in your relationships. We grow in love through our knowledge of God We grow in love through our knowledge of God's word. We grow in love through our knowledge of God's love for us. Therefore, love must be growing. Love must be based on knowledge of God. Then Paul says, Not only do I want you to abound more and more in love, or to abound in love from knowledge, but to abound in love from insight. And that is the next perimeter, or that's the next boundary wall of your flowing love. Insight. We grow in love through our knowledge of God, and we grow in insight. Insight is the power or act of seeing into a situation discerning it, identifying what is best by differentiating between right and wrong, good and bad, trivial and vital. A Christian life is a series of choices, and if you think about it, oh, the world has to make choices, but as believers we make more choices because we cannot just do what the world does. And so we are required to discern what God is saying for us. What do I do? So the natural thing that the world is having a toothache, toothache the world says go to the dentist. And that is just simple, that, and that is just hypothetical. That, that, this one example makes no sense. But for the believer, Lord, which dentist do I go? When do I go to the dentist? I don't just do things anymore just because I need to do it. Sometimes when confronted with choices, you and I do the bare minimum but what we expect the best. You and I cannot get the maximum output from minimum input. And so our knowledge of God must increase as our dis- Because it's from the knowledge of God that we learn to discern. We know what would, there this, 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 this um, thing used to go around, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But it is knowledge of God that would cause you to know what would Jesus do if he was in my shoe. If Jesus was in your circumstances right now. Would he make the same decision that you are making or thinking of making? Jesus was armed with the knowledge of his father's love. And so whatever he did, he did it knowing that he is loved. He never went searching love for love. He knew he operated from a place of already being loved. So his choice is he came and he gave his life not to earn love from his father, but having been loved, he came and he gave his love. In verse verse 10 tells us that we must carefully examine our expression of love from God's love so that we are able to discern what is best. So that we may live pure, blameless, sincere lives without offense not only be able to make a good decision, because anybody can make a good decision. The world makes good decisions every day. But as believers, we want to make the best, informed, and educated decision that is based from God's love. Not only are we to be able to make a choice because we are faced with many options, But as believers, we need to be able to make the right and excellent choice throughout our Christian lives as we are informed by God's love, as we are informed of of the knowledge of God's love for us so that we are able to discern the steps to take. So if we live our Christian lives without knowledge, how effective can we be in loving others? Would you choose a mechanic that is limited in knowledge and insight to fix your vehicle? Or what about if the mechanic says, I only can change tires, but would you have him change your spark plugs? What about the the chef at your favorite restaurant? Imagine him years having, having been a chef, but all he does or knows to do is to be able to put spices, and he knows how to get the food tasting good. But he has no knowledge of quality control. What would happen to you? Would you be comfortable consuming the foods that he eats? Would you think that that would be safe food? If all he does, he knows how to give you the taste. But there's no guarantee how safe this food is. We grow in love. We grow in knowledge. And we grow in insight. And without the knowledge of God, you and I can never make the discernment. We can never discern what God is doing. God, what are you doing now is based off what God would have done in his word because he does not change. Do you think that God would just change for your particular circumstances only? God does not change. God is constant and his love, and he wants us to know his love and to know his decisions and his choices and the things that he would have done 40 years ago, 100 years ago, 2,000 years ago are the same choices he would have made now. When we grow in knowledge and insight, we can make the best decisions. And the right choices that are informed, not by wrong motives, but the right choices, right motives, so that we can conform to the image of God. Have you ever ever made a decision having the right motives, but you made the wrong choices? Or had the wrong motive, but you end up with the right choice? You plan to do something bad but you end up doing good anyway. For the believer in Christ, for the Christian in Christ, God is saying to us, we need the best decisions. Not a good one. The best will always trump the good. We don't need to make a choice. We need to make the right choice that is informed by what what God is saying through his word. What really matters is that as Christians, true knowledge and insight is essential for us to grow in Christian love. Because the Christian love says, I do not do back to you what you do to me. We get insight and foresight from the word of God. But we get insight from experiences that many times It is so painful and we live in regret making them or having them. As believers, we need to live for insight, from insight. We need to be able to discern. We need God's word to give us the foresight so that when we come to that place to make a decision, we can make one that is informed by God. Not informed by the world. Our love for each other must flourish. It must overflow more and more. Keep on growing. It's a continued process. So the knowledge you had last week is insufficient for for your entire life. You need to understand more of God's love. Keep on growing. Keep on knowing. Keep on discerning. Depth of insight is necessary. Not only do we love much, but we are called to love well. Not only are we called to love much, but we are called to love appropriately by loving well. How does Jesus love? And so Paul is saying to the Philippians, I know you have been loving. I see it. It is, it is obvious. The evidence of your love are all over. You care for me in prison, but that there's more God desires to do through you. And you and that's what God is saying to you and I this morning. The evidence of your love is obvious. I have seen your thoughts, I have seen your deeds I have seen what you do I have seen how quick you are to respond when there is a need but even as I pour my love and lavish my love on you unlimited, without limit I am calling you to love and to pour your love on others without limit turn your oath on Stop walking with the water can like me. Because the truth is I don't want to make two trips. So the the, the last plan to get the water to be watered, they are going to get only what is left. Because I'm not going to make two trips. But when I have the hose outside, and the hose is running, and and, and it's gushing out, and it's overflowing, and it is just running, there is no limit in my supply. And that is what God wants to do through you and I this morning. Is it easy? It won't be easy because it requires you thinking about others equally or sometimes even more than you think about yourself. Is it easy? No, but if God calls us to do it, he knows he has designed us to be able to do it. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God oh he chases you down he chases me down and he leave the 99 who are safe to come and find you this morning has God found you are you in a place to say I have experienced The never-ending, reckless, overwhelming love of God. Are you in a place to say, I have experienced God's love gushing over me? Is that your testimony this morning? Oh, the never-ending, reckless love of God. Before the songwriter said, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. So before I was born, before you were born, God was singing a song over you. He has been so good us if we look back at the times in our lives when we thought that we could not make it when we thought that oh I am going to die I'm at a place where I must die because I cannot continue he has been good before you took a breath before the doctor slapped you and said breathe God was breathing life in you in your mother's womb what a God He has been so good and so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, the never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, he chases you down, chases me down, and he fights till till I am found. And he leaves the 99. We all know we cannot earn it. And the truth is we do not deserve it. Still, He gives himself lavishly to us each day. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending love of God. When I was an enemy, his love still fought for me. When you were an enemy, and even if you are still an enemy of God, because you have yet to accept his love, he still fights over you. So you may think it is you who decided to get up this morning. God fought over you to keep you alive. You may think it's because you eat right and you exercise while you're not sick this morning. It is God who fights to maintain health for you. When you felt no worth, and I have had that was at that place where I felt no worth and I and I fought, thought that. I had no use. There, 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 there was nothing. God says, he paid all for me. Imagine. Which one of us today would go out to a, to a grasshopper or to an aunt and be concerned about his welfare? Yet God stooped so stooped low and he paid a debt that you and I could not pay to show us that he loves us. What an overwhelming, never-ending love. There's no wall. There's no wall he won't kick down. There's no mountain in your life that he won't climb up. There's no lie of the enemy that he won't tear down because you have a crack in your foundation to come and to let you know that you are his beloved. There's no shadow he won't light up To come and to get you. What a God. And he not only does it at once. But every day he's fighting to let you know that you are loved. What a God. Oh, the overwhelming. The never ending God. his love is is reckless because he does not think about himself he does not think that we will reject him and we rejected him so many times and day after day we harden our hearts and reject him yet he comes and he pours and he gives us the strength and the health we need to live what a God when we are not thinking about him and when we are not on his mind he says when he was on that cross we were on his mind. Oh, he loves me. Oh, he loves you. What a God. And so this morning, I want you to stop and think Are you growing in love? With God through knowledge of Him. Are you aware of God's love for you? Because you may not be aware, and the enemy lies and he tells you that everything is okay where you are. You are okay where you are. You don't have to do anything. Or he will tell you that, oh no, God won't love you. You don't know how to do it. You have to fix things and you have to make yourself better. And God is saying, "No, come, just as you are. I love you not because of what you can do or what you have done. I love you because of you. How many of us can truly say that we have someone who loves us because of us? Every other love we have experienced have conditions." We are loved when we are good. We are loved when we do this. We are loved when we are in the right situation. We are loved when our setting is right. But God says, I love you despite who you are, what you have done. I love you because that is who I am. What a love. And God says, for you to make decisions because you have decisions to make this week you have choices to take this week or make this week but if you continue to make your choices and your de- decision not being influenced by the word I can guarantee that you may make a good decision but you would not have made the best decision you might have made a choice but you would not have made the right choice this morning I come and I plead if you have not known Christ's love this is the day to surrender to him if you do not know how much Christ loves you today is the day to come say come taste and see that the Lord is good come and taste Taste and see that all that he has for you, he wants to give it to you. Imagine living in a dump and feeding out of a dump when he says, everything I have is yours. Come. Come. And even though when we come in our minds, we may not get it just pouring in our minds, the love is so much every day. That you can experience joy. Because that's the love that Paul had. Paul experienced joy in prison. Paul was saying to us, in, in essence, I can rejoice in suffering because I am loved. I can rejoice in any situation because I am loved. And our situations may not change. That's the truth. But we have a perspective we have one who loves us the most. That so today is that day. And today, if you believe in your heart today that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus was risen from the dead, the scripture says he comes and he makes home with you. The Holy Spirit comes and he he comes and he takes up residence in your heart because you invite him to come. So right where you are this morning, I want you to bow your heads. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me and wash me of everything that I have done that has displeased you. Come and live inside of me, Lord. Come and Come, I accept you as my God, as my Savior. Come and make me your child. But if you are already a believer, and there is crack in your foundation because you have believed the lies of the enemy, God is saying to you this morning, I come with the knowledge of my love. And the knowledge of my love dispels the lies of the enemy. You are loved. And I want you to say to yourself this morning, I am loved by the one who loves the most. I am loved by God. I want you to tell yourself this morning, I am loved by God. 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 And the knowledge of his love will help me to discern as I live out my walk and live out my Christian life with him. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, God for your patience. Thank you, God, for everything that comes to us this morning. New mercies, new grace, uh, new breath to breathe. God, some persons died from COVID, but we are alive. Some persons had heart attack in COVID, but we are still alive. Some persons are hungry today, but we are still alive. Some persons have nowhere to live, but Lord, we have shelter. You have provided, God, And above your provision, you have loved. Because that trumps every provision that you and I will need. We are loved. You are loved. I am loved. And so we don't go seeking love, we operate from love. We operate from being loved. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending. Reckless love of God Thank you Father
1: You have been so So good To me Before I took a breath You breathe your life
0: So, if you know Christ, is it that your love is overflowing? Are you growing in love? Or do you need to pause and repent? Do you need to stop and say, Lord, I have not loved how I should have? Have you spent the time to grow in the knowledge of Christ? Have you spent the time to listen and to hear what God will is? To get the insight, to get the foresight of what Christ is seeing? In a particular situation, we cannot make decisions like the world. We cannot live like the world. We have to choose to honor God. We have to choose to do right. And every day our choices that are made is to choose the will of God. Are we honoring the Lord with our lips, but yet our hearts are not there? Are we pretending to love, but deep within we cannot stand different individuals? Today, Lord, we choose to repent. We choose to turn our eyes and look to you, Father, and say, Lord, we have sinned against you. We have limited knowledge of you. We have not accepted your love the way we should. Lord, you are lavishing the love of us but on us, but we are taking a little teacup and collecting that love. That little teacup is not even love enough to love ourselves. God give us the grace to accept your love so we can pour your love into others. What if the, the, the water the the, the um, pots that pastor just spoke about decided not, the, the earth was too rough it was too tough so the water was not seeping down but it was running off is our hearts like that is our heart made of clay and hardened concrete so instead of the water going down the love of christ seeping into us pouring into us It is running on over. It is washing over us, but it's not going inside. It's not saturating us. But like the concrete, it is just going off and drying up and disappearing. Lord, forgive us, God. We mouth with our mouth that we love you, but we truly don't. We mouth with our mouth that we accept you, but have we trusted you and believe in you and choose to honor you despite what the evidence say against us? Lord, today we come and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to keep in mind that we will say what would Jesus do in this situation daily. Minutely, hourly, secondly, that we may love the way you teach us to love, Lord. For those who are listening who have not given their life to Christ, this day, this day is the day to accept Christ. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And because it's not promised, choose today who you will serve. Will you serve the world? Will you serve the enemy? Or will you serve the lover of your soul? The God who would run and kick in and jump over just to find you. To pour out his reckless love on you. It is the goodness of God that turns people to repentance. Look on His goodness towards you. This day, choose God. Choose Christ. Choose Him. It is a minutely choice that we make to serve the Lord. Finally, brethren as we say farewell until next week by the grace of God be complete and be of good comfort and be of one mind live in peace and the love of God and the peace be with you may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In Jesus Christ's name. Walk good.
1: You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your so, so Senhor